the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Former NFL quarterback Brett Favre has been accused multiple times of sexual harassment. Multiple times. But ESPN, nonetheless, auditioned Favre for the color commentary job on Monday Night Football. Favre sucked. He totally screwed the pooch in the audition. No surprise there. Favre was painful to watch in those ads for Wrangler jeans and copper fit. Every line was like pulling teeth, and those commercials weren't live. So Favre won't get the job on Monday Night Football. But why would ESPN even audition Brett Favre? Perhaps the hashtag MeToo movement is losing momentum. Maybe Bill Cosby can yet finish it off. I'm not laughing. I'm crying. But this is typical ESPN. Ray Lewis is on ESPN despite obstructing justice in a murder. If you're famous, you can't get away with anything. Merely just about anything. Hey, Brett Favre, guess what? You just made the list! I think a topic like this is so much more meaningful than who's going to win the next friggin' game. Although I am interested to see who wins tonight between the Penguins and Flyers. But how could ESPN hire Ray Lewis, who pleaded guilty to obstructing justice in a murder? How can that guy be on TV? How can Brett Favre be accused multiple times of sexual harassment and be auditioned by ESPN to be one of its voices? That's just amazing to me. I've said many times... That what happened to Jen Sturger was so terrible. Uh, Brett Favre sexually harassed Jen Sturger when she worked for the New York Jets media department. Texted her photos of his genitals. You know the story. It was real hillbilly crap. She didn't screw Favre, but the story leaked and nothing happened to Favre. But Jen's career went in the toilet. Jen was the victim of sexual harassment and her career went in the toilet. Meantime, Aaron Andrews, the sideline princess, dated a ton of athletes. And you know exactly what I mean by dated. But even if she did more than date, dating them was unprofessional enough. And her star never stopped rising. Gee, let me see. Jen Sturger didn't date the athletes. Although I guess now, years later, she married a minor league baseball player. But in her heyday, when she was climbing the media ladder, Jen Sturger didn't date the athletes. And Brett, excuse me, Aaron Andrews did date the athletes. And now she's one of the biggest female personalities in sports media. The implications of all that are as clear as day. And let me make very clear, if you work in the sports media, male or female, you should never date an athlete or coach or team executive. It is unprofessional and a clear-cut conflict of interest. 
In the meantime, Louis C.K. can't tell jokes anywhere. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust for all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning needs. Dial 412-367-0815. You know what I'm uh, wrestling with right now? I run uh, deck and roller hockey tournaments for a year. Two for charity, two not. And my biggest one of the year is uh, 10 days from now, the weekend of the 27th through the 29th at Neville Island, RMU Island Sports Center. I have a ton of teams, but some haven't paid their deposit. And it would be easier to have less teams and do a tighter, more compact schedule. I mean, right now, every team that says they're going to be in, and today's the deadline for checks to arrive, to be fair, every team that says they're going to be in, I have 45 teams on two rinks in, in one night, and then two full days. It's a lot of teams. That's tough to schedule. Once I get the schedule done and the referees scheduled and the timekeeper scheduled, then it's easy. Well, it's not easy. It's a lot of time. But I, if I stop doing these tournaments, you know why it will be? Because I dread making the schedule. And because I'm tired of like, oh, you know, you know we're good for it. We'll pay you later. You know we're good for it. And to be fair, they always do show up because if they don't, then they never play on one of my tournaments again. But here's the problem. Say you have room for 20 teams in a division. And by the way, this isn't hypothetical. Say you have room for 20 teams in a division. If you're bored by this, call and talk hockey. 412-333-WXDX. And you have... 15 teams that have paid, and you have seven that have not, and you only have room for 20. Part of the reason you wanted to pay in advance is it's first come, first served, and then you know which two teams shouldn't play. Now, how do I figure that out? You know who you are. Small bills, envelope, under my doormat by tonight. 412-333-9939. The number to call. Penguins Flyers tonight, I'm looking very much forward, looking forward very much to going to Chapinos for the viewing party. Here's my scenarios for tonight. See which one you agree with. Flyers come out, Katoria can't play. That's their excuse. They collapse. Penguins kill them. Penguins win Friday. Series over. Flyers are inspired by not having Katoria and inspired by their captain, Claude Giroux, moving to center. They come out, play a great first 10 minutes. They score, go on to win the game, 2-2, but the Penguins win the next two. I think the Flyers without Couturier could have a burst of adrenaline that carries them through one game, but then after that, they just don't have Couturier. And I know they're holding off on saying he's out. I think he's not only out tonight, I think he's out, period. His knee did not look good. Maybe it's all an elaborate scam designed to fool us. Boy, won't we feel dumb. Or the Flyers come out tonight with the aforementioned adrenaline. Have the Penguins under siege the first 10 minutes. Penguins score. Win going away just like they did Sunday in game three. I've been trying to think of the most encouraging things about the way the Penguins have played so far. The Post-Gazette today had two articles, not one but two, about how Phil Kessel's struggling. You're up two games to one. 
And there's so many other stories, and you're worried about Phil Kessel struggling. That said, I understand you want clicks. You got a lot of space to fill in the print edition. I do get it. But Sid's on fire. He's like taking over the series. Murray's been brilliant in two of the three games. Gino is scoring. Broussard is starting to look like the playoff Broussard. Latang starting to look like the Latang they needed to be. I mean, so many signs point to the Penguins just effing the Flyers up. What made me say that? Uh, the rest of the series. Oh, I was thinking of the Purge. Purge 2, one of the greatest lines. The new Finding Fathers about to get effed up by the old Finding Fathers. I have no idea what that meant either. It reminded me somewhat of, what's that, that flyer slogan? Now I can't find it. Defines through determination. Defines is our destiny. Close cover before striking. Oh, defined by defiance. I would go with close cover before striking. I think that's better. Objects in mirror. Actually, they should put that on Couturier's visor. Objects in mirror are larger than they appear. Couldn't hurt. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Ask me anything you like about anything you like. Then from 530 till 6, it's hockey talk and only hockey talk on the Hockey Night Show. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 1059 The X. What a day it's been here on the old Mark Madden Show, 412-333-9939. I'll be at Chapinos tonight to watch the Penguin game, so do stop by. We got the Hockey Night Show from 530 till 6, all hockey talk. We got Dejan from DK Pittsburgh Sports. But right now it's time to ask Mark anything. And I do mean anything, just dial 412-333-WXDX. It's brought to you by, who is it brought to you by? Oh, Chapino. I just punched Chapino, so I guess I subconsciously didn't want to do it again, but it's Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar in the Strip. Uh, let's go to Bernie, parts unknown. Bernie, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I was wondering, um, what are your thoughts on honoring Bruno San Martino with an area called San Martino Square at the side uh, of the I'm not going to talk about Bruno. I did not like Bruno. I'm sorry to hear he passed in the sense I'm sorry to hear anybody pass. But if you want to, to discuss about how great a man Bruno was, you've come to the wrong place. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to uh, Zach in the car. Zach, uh, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, sir. I said good day. So, the well, I've read that the money is in the chase in wrestling, but Raw and SmackDown refuses to have a chase, and NXT, I think, is better. Well, is wrestling booking that hard? I guess. I think the problem is with WWE, it's too big. They have too many writers. Uh, it used to be one guy with a little help would book an entire wrestling company, and that enabled everything to feel a little bit connected. But now there's okay. too much TV to do that, too many wrestlers to do that, so... It just, it is what it is. Less people watch wrestling than ever before. That's undeniable, but those people pay more money than everybody else did combined back when. So I can't criticize it. It's just different. Let's go to Poncho in the car. Poncho, ask Mark anything. 
Hey, Mark, what company will never get another dime of your money? Oh, I don't know that I can count anybody out. Why? Uh, what company will never get another dime of your money? Like, you know, I wish I could say it was Comcast, uh, but it's not them. Um, probably Hertz Car Rental had a really bad experience. Uh, had a tire blow out in the car. Long story gets short, I got slammed. How is that Hertz's dollars. fault? Well, you know, they, they even said that it was their fault. They came out, they said it was our fault. fault Why was the tire out. blowing their fault? I'm intrigued. They said that they should have had it better prepared. It was under pressure. And once it blew out, they Well, said that's what they said about fault. Queen and David Bowie. Thank you for the call. That is a good question, though. What company will never get another dime of my money? Because, you know, you get mad at an airline. Because, you know, they, you know, the flight's late always. Oh, I'll never fly such and such again. But then you want to fly to, say, Vegas, and they're the quickest flight and the cheapest flight, and suddenly you're a not-so-discerning consumer. Let's go to Wes in the car. Wes, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, just wondering uh, if there's anybody on your bucket list of bands to still see that you haven't, and if you missed any... Well, I never saw Led Zeppelin. We've been over that story a bunch. Um, Not really. I mean, I'd like... If I could... I'd like to see Jimmy Page play live one more time. I saw Pagey play with uh, The Firm a bunch of times and on his solo tour, Outrider. You know what show I missed I could kick myself for? When he was here with the Black Crows. And I yeah. don't know why, but I missed that. I think I was on the road with wrestling. That sounds about right. Let's go to Matt and Gibsonia. Matt, ask Mark anything. Mark, do you think we invented math or discovered math? Invented? Why? How could you say discovered? What, you think math was just laying around out there and somebody stumbled on it? I expected a little more intelligent answer, Mark. What do you mean? You asked my opinion, I gave it to you. What do you think? I'm right. I can give you one, two, three. What? what? I'm right. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, just wondering what uh, Pittsburgh sports team or story do you think would be worthy of a 30 for 30 by ESPN? That's a good question. What do you think? Well, frankly, I'm only 25. I think something about maybe the 70s Pirates teams would be good. I like one. Yeah, that's cliched. The, uh... Uh, you know what would be a good story? Tony Dorsett from Hopewell till now. You know, all the problems he's that. had with his, with his brain trauma, I'd be very interested in that because I'd like to see that whole story t- told. Tony Dorsett's a good man. Uh... Now it's the hockey show. Hockey calls only. Dejan up next, 105.90X. It's the Exit 105.9 Hockey Night Show with your host, Mark Madden. Brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. On your home for the best Pens coverage and the best hockey time. 105.9 The X. Penguins and Flyers, Game 4, Philadelphia tonight. Joining me now live from Philadelphia, you read him on DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Serbian reactionary, Dayon Kovacevic. Dayon, you seem very optimistic, uh, having read uh, your column today. You seem optimistic that Dominic Simone and Zach Aston Reese will play positive roles in tonight's game four. Please uh, enlighten me. How do you figure that's going to happen? <laughs> well, I I think that the optimism that was expressed that Aston Reese looks like a player who's ready uh, to break loose. I, I really believe that. I've seen more and more confidence in him uh, in his play, shift after shift. He's looking stronger on the puck, less decisive, uh, less indecisive. 
That said, I think Simone is going to have a first couple of shifts that are going to be pretty rough. He seemed uh, really tight this morning. Um, that's why I would be surprised, and we won't know this until they take the ice for warm-ups and maybe not even then, uh, how they utilize them. If Mike Sullivan is smart, I think, that he'll have Zach Aston reese in the more prominent role and Simone back on the fourth line. I know that's not how they practiced yesterday, but they do pay attention to stuff like this. And we've seen both of them at different points have success with Sid. So are, are you not optimistic here? I, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. Here. I would like to see Aston Reese on Sid's line. I am uh, yeah. not optimistic that Simone will do much with Sid. He doesn't uh, he's have done to. Okay he doesn't have to. I, I, I think in the playoffs, it's all hands on deck. I, I think with Simone on Sid's line, the line's too small, maybe even a bit too timid beyond Sid. Oh, Simone's not timid. That's not fair. I mean, he's a pretty tough kid. I mean, he's not going to be fighting. Before. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, let's let's agree to disagree. I think he's. Uh, I don't think he's exactly Dave Tiger Williams out there. So, well, no, no, that that's a different definition. Well, you see, you're looking at the individual player, and I'm looking at the fit. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't so think he's a good I, No, look, we're on the same page here. Uh, if Aston Reese is on that line, I think there's a lot of pluses for the Penguins, not least of which is this, and this was the, the, the real thrust of that column, was if you have a chance to get max upside or you know achieve max upside from a young player, I don't know that that's optional for a team that's looking for a third straight championship. They do need that wild card. They had one in each, at least a couple in each of the past two uh, cup runs. Oh, yeah, Nick Benino, Jake Gensel, no question. But for Aston Reese to be that wild card, he has to move up the depth chart, and that's not happened yet, which I don't get. And I don't get why he's not on the top power play tonight with Hornquist out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that I understand to an extent, because Jake Gensel does, he he goes to the front of that. He's, I mean, look, to, to use a uh, Philadelphia term here, he's no Tim Kerr, to put it mildly, in front of that net. But he is gonna he's gonna get deflections, he's gonna get rebounds. He, he he's a decent player there and he practices way more with them. Look, I, I think you're gonna see Zach Aston Reese earn his way up. I really do. The coach is not is anything but uh, a skeptic about Zach Aston Reese. He believes in him and believes in him passionately. I think he's just gotta earn it and I think that's gonna begin tonight. How badly will Pittsburgh miss Hornquist and how badly will Philadelphia miss Couturier? I think the Flyers are going to miss their guy a lot more. And I actually don't even think it's close. And I say that with all due immense respect to who Patrick Hornquist is. And I'd rather have Hornquist on my team, so I'm not comparing the players. But in the Flyers' case, who do you replace Couturier with? You know, who takes his spot? You know, they just don't have that guy. They're well, should Giroux up... move back to center? Isn't that logical? That's That was the hint that was being thrown this morning with Dave Haxall. Uh, wouldn't really share a whole lot with us. He just kept saying game time, game time, game time. But uh, it sounds like they're going to try to, to quote-unquote load up that top line, uh, old-school flyer style, uh, meaning having Giroux, Voracek, Simmons up there, and then just letting the rest fall where they may. Um, you know, something's got to work for them, you would think, at least for those two guys, meaning Giroux. Well, actually, all three of them. I mean, all three of those guys have done close to nothing in this series. And maybe if you put them together, you can get something going because they'll be trying to push each other or whatever. Uh, I, I honestly, Mark, I have a hard time analyzing this series beyond the fact that the Flyers can't tend goal. You know, 
Well, and, and, and they just don't match up well with the Penguins. And no, even less they so don't. Now, not in any fashion. With Couturier, if, if I'm Hackstall, the coach, I can't look at the two lineups and see even one good matchup for Philadelphia now with Couturier out. No, and that, that's why, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I, I like to take pride in coming up with ideas and putting out a lot of stuff and content. I've had a really rough time in this series for the simple reason that it just comes down to the fact that that team doesn't match up well, meaning Philadelphia, and that they can't tend goal. And that is a fatal flaw against the Penguins, even if you do match up well with them. Without Couturier, I think Philly's got their excuse day on. It wouldn't shock me to see the Flyers go to pieces tonight. Uh, I've heard that. I, I have. And, and on top of that, you know, there's this weird situation with, you know, with Radko Gudas running into Couturier and, you know, some of the Flyers, at least a couple of them, threw out these very thinly veiled suggestions that they were displeased with it. It's not necessarily, obviously, unless he's completely nuts. And I know that's been debated in the past, that he wouldn't have done it deliberately, but at the very least he would have been careless. Well, yeah, no matter why it happened, it can happen. And Gudas is a cement head with chaos in his DNA. So when it happened, I find it A, amusing, and B, unsurprising. Well, I'm I'm not going to, you know, this is, uh, you know, if you want to draw a fair parallel to it, and this is going to sound like it's unfair, but the only matter hitting Matt Murray in the mask in practice situation, of course he didn't do it on purpose. But was he alert enough? No. And that's why some Penguins got mad at him. And you have to be alert in practice situations in hockey when everything is happening so fast. You saw the collision on video between Gudas and Couturier, and it wasn't, you know, uh, ugly and violent. It is certainly not, uh, you know, something where, uh, you know, a- a there was a ton of force in any direction. It's just how they hit. Well, and how do you think the Philly fans will react to Gudas tonight, especially if he takes a dumb penalty or, or, or something stupid like he often does? fans will react. It's Philadelphia. How do you think they'll react? Well, yeah, but you, you know what? I'm not kidding about this day on. When I put out on Twitter what, a, what an imbecile I thought Gudas was, at the very least, Clareless, I had two Flyer fans tweet back to me, Couturier should have his head up. That's Flyer hockey right there. Yeah, that's the perception anyway. You know what? That's that's a different that's a difference right now between what's going to be filling this building here in about an hour and the guy that's behind the bench um, there's a strange split, you know, because Philly is still Philly. Oh, no, there, there's expect- a disconnect between the fans and the direction the team is headed. Oh, my God, And, and yes. it's ironic because it's the direction the team absolutely has to head to be successful, but they still it don't like it. It has to be. and then But then you put them in this environment, and you have the head coach telling them, admonishing them, how could they take seven penalties in the game the other day? And, and all you're going to hear around here, and I hear it, I've been hearing it all day, but here since the morning skate is, you know, that they just need to take more penalties. They need to take more runs off with this guy's head, off with that guy's head. And the media um, backs that. The media sides well, with the fans, don't they? You know they? what, though, Mark? Even that's starting to, to switch a little bit. I, I've seen a couple of columns out Well, the here. guy in the Inquirer buried the Flyers. He really did. You mean the fans? He went at the fans. Everybody. Yeah. yeah he did. And, 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 you know, that was over the urinal thing and some other stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, just but, the fact that the Flyers aren't that good. I mean, he no, he, he, he did point out that Hextall, the GM, has him headed in the right direction. But other than that, he was not very optimistic, especially for the present situation. 
And they saw, you know, and this isn't just in 74 and 75, but when the Flyers were competitive in years after that, that the one way they were competitive for the longest time did work. It kept them in a spot where they could compete. They would scare teams. There's just nothing about this league right now that lends itself to that, but they can't get rid of that thought process around here. They just can't. We're talking to Dejan Kovacevic. He's brought to you by the Walnut Grill. Uh, Dejan, why is Simmons playing so little? He's a penguin killer, and his ice time has been minimal. I hear he might be nursing an injury. Who knows? Maybe he did a drill with Gudas. No, <laughs> no he's hurting. Yeah, he has something, uh, an upper body issue of some kind. Um, I was really surprised. This was back in Pittsburgh when he gave Gino the shot from behind because it was going to instigate some kind of reaction from somebody, uh, even if it wasn't going to be from Malkin himself. And because he's just not doing anything like that. Uh, you know, I've been critical of Haxtell for not having Simmons in front of the net uh, just as a presence there. That, I, I just really don't understand that, especially on the power play. Uh, but there's no question he's hurting. And there's a reason that, that Haxtell in particular is trying to cover for him and say, I think he's playing well, and he's not. But the truth is, Giroux and Voracek are completely healthy by all accounts and aren't doing anything either. So, you know what? If the Penguins can keep those guys off the board uh, again tonight, they have a spectacular chance of winning this one. Uh, everybody was worried about Murray and Latang, but they've certainly looked very good so far in this series, haven't they? Yeah, no question. I mean, Murray, he had a goal, I'm sure, that the Travis Konechny goal in Game 2 that he'd like to have back when Chad Ruedel had kind of cut off the angle there was only one place for the guy to shoot, and he did, and of course it was over the glove, so that that could keep going. But he's been really solid, uh, especially early on in Game 3, the first 9, 10 minutes. Yeah, they only put four shots on him, but I think three of them were really high-grade chances, including the Nolan Patrick breakaway. He's been really steady. He's got that slow heartbeat going. That's great to see. And Latang is just playing defense. You know, he's not... He's not He's still making his reads. He's still finding a way to participate up front, but he's staying back and doing what he does when he's at his best, and that's defending. Uh, they're not worried about Latang and Murray anymore, but now people are worried about Kessel. Not one front-page story in the Post-Gazette today, but a second as well, a column. What's wrong with Phil Kessel? Boy, and I thought he played well in Game 3. Yeah, he did, and also Phil is hurt. I mean, I don't know how much more obvious that could be. <laughs> you know, he's going back to the bench every other shift, cringing in pain, bending over, banging his helmet on the edge of the bench. Um, he's having a tough time. And when you look at right now, uh, I was talking with a couple of players about this this morning, the Columbus and Washington series, the way they're killing each other in that series, and I don't mean just in terms of the physical play, but the three straight overtimes, um, those teams are doing some damage to each other. If you're anybody in the East, anybody, whether it's Pittsburgh or Philadelphia out of this round, you want to end this fast. And part of the reason for that is to let guys like Kessel, uh, Latang, uh, Broussard, other guys get some time off, but also to really take advantage of the fact that it looks like the Blue Jackets and Capitals might be dragging themselves into the second round. You mentioned Broussard. We're starting to see the playoff version of Derek Broussard, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And I think it helps that, uh, you know, he's gotten his, his, his wheels going again. What's really helped, I think, and, and in fairness to him, he was always a 
first power play unit guy where he was before is getting a couple of power play goals, you know, getting up there, getting involved, making a couple of nice snipes like he has, uh, and getting to raise his arms a little bit and feel like more a part of the team. That's where he was just getting, remember, right before the two-week injury there at the end of the regular Correct. season. And you know, he was telling me a couple days ago, he, he said that that was the part that was frustrating, was he felt like he was just getting on board, and then he gets hurt, and the team goes and plays all these really important games without him, so he feels even more left out. You know, now he's back and he's really involved. It's going to be neat to see him with a couple of fast guys out there. You know what I mean? The rest and Sherry. Um, if that works for the Penguins, that would be pretty cool. Dejan, great stuff. Enjoy the game. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Mark. That's Dejan Kovacevic. Check out his work at DKPittsburghSports.com. My name is Mark Madden, and I like to talk hockey, and right now I'd like to talk it with you. Hockey calls only. Four one two three 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 WXDX. What are your thoughts? How is tonight's game going to go? And will the Flyers miss Couturier more, or will the Penguins miss Hornquist more? It's the Hockey Night Show. Four one two three 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 WXDX. This is Hockey Night Show with your host Mark Madden, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. The best hockey talk on your home of the Pens and best Pens coverage. One zero five nine DX. What do you think is going to happen tonight? If you pin me down and made me make a prediction, I'd say the Flyers are going to use Couturier not playing as an excuse to tank, and the Penguins win tonight, win Friday to close out the series. Of course, what I'm predicting is also greatly influenced by what I would be overjoyed to see happen. Uh, the Flyers, curiously, have still not said Couturier is not playing, but having seen the trip by Gudos on Couturier in practice, and seeing Couturier's reaction and having to be helped to the dressing room, I just can't imagine him playing. Maybe he will. Maybe the joke will be on us, but uh, that would be almost miraculous, having seen what we saw on that videotape. So what do you think is going to happen tonight? We've got time for a couple quick calls. Let's go first to Seamus in West Virginia. Seamus, you're on the Hockey Night Show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Terrific. Yeah, I just wanted to comment about the, the ridiculous comments and uh, post there and uh, the Post Gazette about uh, Phil Kessel. I just didn't understand why the Post Gazette felt the need to publish two articles on the front page of their sports saying that people are worried about Phil Kessel. That it never even crossed my mind to to talk about Kessel struggling. I just don't see how he's played so far as struggling. No, it's only three games in. I mean, the guy was you know lightning for us for most of the year. I mean, he, he uh, made, uh, you know, definitely... Well, now, Seamus, if the concern is, like Dejan said, if there's a concern that Kessel's playing hurt, then that's the story. But I barely sure. saw that mentioned in either story. No, I, the one thing I take from it, though, is not to go on a rant about Ron Cook, but he seems to always go for the low, lowest hanging fruit. And, oh, I, I disagree he, with that. He, I, I, think, uh, I think Cookie, if anything, is, is more than not overwhelmingly positive. I mean, he wrote a similar piece last year about this time of year, too. That's just my Now, I don't have any fault with, with who wrote those stories. I just, I just, it, I disagree with them. Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean the people who wrote them are bad people. I just disagree with the premise that we could say Phil Kessel is struggling after 1.3 games in which the Penguins have gone 2 and 1. Now, if the Penguins sure. are 0 and 3 and facing elimination and Kessel has one point, then maybe somewhere in there 
you got a story. Tonight I'll be at Chapino's Restaurant Cigar Bar in the Strip District. I got to look up where I've been there a couple times, but I've never gone there from here. I always go there from my house, which is not far from where Chapino's is. So I got to like go to MapQuest or or go home first and then drive to Chapino from there because I I know that route. But I will be at Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar tonight to watch the Penguin game. And be sure to stop by and have a Super Genius Burger. They named a hamburger after me, and it is absolutely delightful. That's tonight at Chapino. Uh, I can't wait for the game. I can't wait for hockey games this time of year. Can't wait to talk about it tomorrow. Watch, enjoy. Hopefully the Penguins win, and if not, I still think they win the series. But my prediction again is they win tonight and win Friday. And then we get to watch the Blue Jackets and Capitals continue to beat the bejesus out of each other. And that'll be the one bad thing about losing tonight. I still think the Penguins win the series, but with all them games going overtime and the nature of how they're being played, you want to get through this series quick. Up next, it is the Penguins Network pregame show. I'm Mark Madden here on the Home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X.